Hello. Hi. My name is Bernie. And my name is Yasmin. And you're listening to the Fashion Football Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Uh, we just wanted to come on here before the episode starts to let you know to give us a review and to subscribe. Definitely subscribe. If you didn't hear it for the first time, subscribe. We'll say it again. Subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure to follow us on our socials. That is at Yes, Isaya on Instagram. And King Bernie with two E's at the end. And of course, the podcast page, which is the Fashion Football Podcast. We made it easier for you. And as always, everything will be in the description below. Right. So we're making it hella easy for y'all. Just click the description down below. Once you're done listening to this, get us on all the socials. Yes. And give us a follow and come join the family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. Bye. Bye, y'all. Hope you enjoy. Listeners, um, it is me, Yasmin. I am alone. I'm not joined by Bernie today. We are doing a solo episode uh, today for me, but she will be back on the next one. That being said, I am excited, though, because we have a very, very special guest joining me today. The one, the only, the infamous... (laughs) (laughs) Fatima, but you might know her as Chanel Tima on IG. You have probably seen her on a few campaigns here and there around the city, um, locally, internationally. She's really doing it all. You know, she's a whole it girl. (laughs) Let her introduce herself now. (laughs) Hi, I'm so excited to be here with you. Yasmin, we go way back. Yeah, so I've been a professional model since I was around 16. I started out here in Ottawa. And worked my way up to different cities. And yeah, I've done a lot of campaign work, music videos, magazine spreads, anything in the modeling industry, you name it. I probably uh, dabbled a little bit in it. How did you get your start into this? And what made you want to like pursue it when you first started? Uh, my start, uh, it's it came from like winning an online contest here in Ottawa. Um, and then that's when I signed to Models International Management. And that's... Mm-hmm the mother agency and that's where we met I didn't really like I always kind of knew I wanted to be a model but I didn't know how so that was my way in so I did my contract with them and uh from there I moved on to Montreal where I signed with Folio and Montreal was where things really started picking up I got to work for brands like Simon's and um just like brands that like garage things that I just I didn't expect to ever work for. And it was really amazing to kind of branch out on that market. And then CMTC, which is where uh, we really connected. (laughs) Well, that was a big throwback. That was a, oh my God. For those of you who don't know what CMTC is or who may have never even heard of the abbreviation before or the acronym, um, CMTC stands for Canadian Model and Talent Convention. And it's, I think it's only reserved for our agency, Ottawa-wise, because Angie's has their own, like, showcase Um, showcase that they do every year yeah but it's essentially where agencies from all over canada sort of come and network the shit out of themselves yeah (laughs) and some of their you know best models are the models who are willing to pay to go to this convention and we basically just do a lot of these contests these workshops Mm -hmm. where agencies are looking at us and all the time and you know scanning to see if they want to sign us and represent us uh for the yep. agencies as well and yeah there there was a mix of everything there's a lot of 
there's a lot of stuff but there's a lot of fun too i enjoy a lot of fun yeah they were a good time the runway competition's always fun improv workshops were great yeah but we really she and i really connected on that um that first convention i think exactly together which would have been like 2017 or maybe 2016 i think it was i think it was even yeah maybe 2016 i think it was 2016 was it even I i don't know I went twice, I remember, because I... Oh, you went twice, okay. Yeah, I went in 2016. I remember because that year that I went and I we connected, you ate up that whole year. <laughs> no, like, you cleaned up awards for all of us, and I was like, wow. I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is going to be her year, and you did, and I was like, you know what? She's representing for everyone. Yeah, and I knew girls who were bitter, but I was like, you know what? Listen, she's repping. She's repping. She's doing what she has to do. She worked just as hard to get to where we're all at now. And yeah, and then I like, I think I, I don't even think I left with one award that year. The year after, I went again, and I remember like, I think this is still when Megan was mainly representing us for the most part. Yeah. Um, shout out to her by the way, Megan, if you're listening, we love you. Love you, Megan. <laughs> But um, she was still representing us for the most part and, like, being our little, like, guidance or whatever throughout mm-hmm. CNBC. And she had told me to go again the next year because she was like, I have a feeling you're going to do better this time around now that you're 18 and, like, international exactly. people can actually, um, you know, reach out to you properly for, like, a working visa if they want to sign you elsewhere. For sure. And that year, I had left with I, – I was basically the you of that year. I left with the most awards for that. Yes, I love it. <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, that's where she and I connected, and that's where we met, and that was kind of, I feel like, your kickstart to exactly. where you are now, so develop on that a little bit. Yeah, that was, like, my boost to really kind of realize that, like, okay, like, I'm actually good at this, and I can do it mm-hmm. as a career. A few days after returning home from CMTC, I signed with Elite in Toronto, and Elite is one of the best agencies in the world. Oh, yeah. That was, like, just the cherry on top. Like, I was ready to take on the modeling industry, you know? And Mm -hmm. from then on, like, everything just kind of started um, just falling into my lap. Like, I was able to book a lot of gigs. Um, That's when I did, like, my music videos with, like, Miguel, Travis Scott. I did a Daniel Caesar music video. Oh, yeah. Um, then I just had campaigns for Shoppers Drug Mart, Sirens, Bon Luc. Uh, the list goes on and Reitman. The list goes on. <laughs> no, it was insane. Like, I remember when I had you had just posted or it was like out and released that you were part of Daniel Caesar's music video. Yeah. And Miguel's music video. And I was like, there's no way. I'm like, she's putting us on the map right now. If there's, if there's one girl who's going to be like clouded for this little shitty ass city, it's going to be like <laughs> me. <laughs> I just remember thinking, like, holy crap, like, she's actually, like, she's really doing it for herself. Doing it. Here. And yeah. I was so proud of you. And I'm pretty sure I had told you how proud of you I was. Like, Yeah, you definitely did. And oh I appreciate my God. that. Because like, it's, it's so uncommon for people to have a success story in this industry from mm-hmm. a smaller pocket of the country from like we are. From, like, Ottawa, yeah. Yeah, like, you hear it, like, Toronto, Montreal, because it's, like, more commercial, you know, mm-hmm. like, there's... A lot more agencies that are representing girls out here and it's bigger cities in general mm-hmm. but the fact that like we have like a few success stories with you included as one of like the first ones is like insane and exactly. you know it's gonna keep growing and growing so like i'm the blueprint you know <laughs> you really are no honestly like do not be humble about it you really are the blueprint i worked my butt off for it yeah <laughs> 
uh, what I kind of want to get to know more or what I want the listeners to get to know more is because obviously you've been doing this for a while now, but I feel like a lot of misconceptions when it comes to modeling in general is like, oh, that's all you do. Like you're just a pretty face, blah, 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 whatever. Like they don't think that successful models have much substance or layers to them. So what else do we not know or do we know about Fatima apart from um I mean yeah so everyone everyone knows about my modeling career and stuff but like outside of that like I've been really academically involved like I graduated from my undergrad in December 2020 Mm -hmm. and I graduated at the top of my class um worked my butt off that year um and then now I'm doing my MBA um at DeGroot School of Business yeah, I'm getting my master's in business. And it's just like a complete pivot that I'd never thought I would take. But I'm really like, I'm really working hard. I'm excited to kind of step outside of my comfort zone Mm because it's a big change from my degree, my undergrad, which was communications and media studies, right? And I'm heavily involved in community initiatives. Um, I recently joined um, a historically black sorority that's been around for a hundred years, we turn a hundred this year. It's called Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Inc., where we work hand in hand with women, children, and really we're all about greater service and greater progress. Yeah, and I've, I'm even at school currently. I'm working um, as the co-chair for the Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee. So I'm putting forward various initiatives within the um, McMaster and DeGroote community to help everyone get equal and, and fair treatment and provide students with the support that they need um, just to get adjusted to the climate. There's students that are coming in from outside of Canada. There's, you know, students who are just taking on a business degree for the first time, like myself. And really, I'm just there to kind of um, help people remain in a fair and equitable environment. So, yeah, I'm just not, you know, not just this model that's been (laughs) taking pictures. And that's all I do. I've been um, a lot of my life has been dedicated to diversity and pushing that forward and education and things of that nature and the steps that I'm taking now are really reflective of my values and and beliefs so basically to sum up everything she just said she is that girl if you guys didn't catch that (laughs) (laughs) this whole episode is just going to be me gassing her I hope you guys know I don't think that people really necessarily take into account just how many layers you have or how many layers a lot of models have in general because again there's the huge misconception about it like people don't think that we'll have much of a brain or that you know we're really invested in just exploring more than just that of the industry because I feel like also I mean I'm sure you can agree or you can vouch for it as well but a lot of the time like you know there it's no secret that this industry is super subjective Mm -hmm. um or is it objective? I think it's objective. Subjective, yeah. Subjective, yeah. <laughs> Let me not fuck up my words. But it's no secret that the industry is very subjective. And, you know, we're used to being around people who are always going to tell you the same things all the time. Like how beautiful you are and how great you look on camera. And like you've got the look for this or that. Or you don't have the look for this. Or, you know, come back another time when this has changed or that has changed. And no one's validating you for anything beyond your physical appearance yeah so it's like that's kind of engraved in you for the longest time and I feel like it's almost a necessity for models whether you know they're just starting out or whether they're a big success story to sort of 
explore and tap into other parts of themselves where they can be whole and almost like a value in more ways than what they keep being told all the time. And I feel like you represent a big chunk of that because you are doing so much more than just this. And like, there's more layers to you. And I think it's important to like show models that I know, like, it's really hard once you get into this industry to want to do anything else. Like you just want to pursue the modeling dream and hope that you just become a very successful model to the point where you know, you don't need to work another job or, you know, do other things. But I think yeah. it's important for models to know that it is okay to branch out of the industry if, you know, it's not suitable for you anymore or you just want to try something different. So, yeah, I just really, I would, like, love for people to see that it's okay to to kind of do other things while you're still doing modeling. It's okay to have an education. It's okay to have a different uh, career path and change things up, right? You don't have to stick to just being a model that that doesn't have to be your identity yeah fair enough so I believe that we met in 2015 yes I did not think that nearly like five to six years later that you and I would be where we're at right now same right like you just can't even believe the things that have happened to get you here and get us here and I remember like my mom can vouch for this because she knows that I'm recording with you today but (laughs) I remember. Hi, by the way. <laughs> I will. I remember when she like was picking me up from like doing the uh, convention workshops and like pre workshops and prep for CMC and everything. And she saw you yeah. in one of the workshops. She was like, "That girl is gonna go somewhere." And I was <laughs> like, "I was like, you know what? You're probably right." But where's my validation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but like. she just she had a gut feeling she was like she has a look that is very sought after but also Mm -hmm. she's just so unique that I feel like people are going internationally they're going to want her Mm -hmm. and I was like I mean we'll see what happens and then CMTC happened and before we knew it babes in Korea (laughs) yeah oh my god Korea yeah Um, how was that okay I'm so curious I mean I feel like we did talk about that when you came back yeah we did last time Yeah, the last time that you and I properly caught up before this podcast today would have been like Montreal. Montreal. I think it was 2019 or 2018. I'm going to say probably early 2019. Yeah, because I I know that at the time I had came to see you. You were in town in general for work. I was in town for school, but I came to visit you at your ex's apartment. would have been early 2019 yeah because i think i just got back from vacation mexico or something yes and you were down we south down i remember that shoot for little burgundy mm-hmm. and i think that's when we met up uh to have like dinner and stuff at my yeah at my ex's place <laughs> you had become single like shortly after that yeah, shortly after that i was living my best life for a bit yeah yes as you should honestly I get out of there and you know regroup Oh, yeah. I I can't stress enough to people in general that, like, in your 20s, be a single for as long as you can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's important. Obviously, you know, don't block your blessings. If something comes along, you know, go for it. Because you're always going to ask yourself what if. But don't, like, rush into a relationship just for the sake of being committed to someone and, like, feeling like you're, like, secure, I feel like. Yeah. 
But yeah, and then another one of those of the topics that we had touched on that day because we listen, <laughs> Fatima and I like to talk a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we like to talk a lot of shit. Um, obviously for uh various reasons there are certain things that we can't say too much about mm-hmm. on this podcast because i have no idea who's going to be listening once this is launching exactly. you know mm-hmm. but in general we talked a lot about agencies and mm-hmm. just experiences with past booking agents and such yeah yeah <laughs> Um, you know, a lot of tea dropped and everything, but all in all, we're still both signed to the same mother agent. Yeah. And they've been so supportive. They really have been, honestly. Like, I really couldn't be happier with how they've been supportive of your career with, you know, my involvement and just like, obviously, because I feel like a lot of people when they're getting into modeling or when they're just wanting to start out, they expect to have the same success story as everyone or the same kind Mm -hmm. of like progress and path as everybody. That's not how it works. And you and I are a perfect example of the exact differences of how that happens. Mm -hmm. Like when I started, I didn't get my first like big paid gig or campaign until 2017. And I signed in 2015, like late 2015. Exactly. You know? And after that, like, I moved for school, so mm-hmm. the jobs were coming in less and less. It was a little slower, but I had been, like, not really scouting, but just, like, networking myself slash, like, booking interviews. I don't remember who I interviewed with or if they even still work for the agency, but I just remember looking at their wall when I walked in in 2017 mm-hmm. of, like, all their girls and guys that they represent, and I was like, oh. There are not a lot of people who look like me on here. Yeah. <laughs> At yeah. the time, I do remember, like, I had seen your picture up on the wall there because mm-hmm. you were signed with them or you had just signed with them around that time. And then I saw maybe, like, one or two, like, racially ambiguous looking girls. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, Caucasian. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, so this can go one way or another. It's either mm-hmm. I'm going to be in addition to one of these girls or I'm just going to they're going to be nice or like say in the nicest way possible we don't want you which is exactly what happened <laughs> yeah it's been it's been an incredible incredible journey with them and I owe like a lot of my career to the jobs that they've gotten me absolutely um, but I will say that I don't know it's it's a it's a general industry issue that you you walk into most agencies and all you see is mostly white models I know, you know? and it's just it hasn't really been it's been something that we've been trying to tackle for literally decades and decades since like the nineties models came out, mm-hmm. like Naomi Campbell and all those models were struggling their way through against all these other white models. Right. Like That's crazy. And up until stuff happened in uh, 2020 with the whole black lives matter, like movement when it was really pushed, that's when agencies all over the world decided to finally be like oh we're really gonna push and show you guys that we can be diverse we're gonna open our eyes now yeah why didn't you just do it before i know (laughs) and it's so like it's frustrating and it's one of those things where it was like because i remember at the at the peak of you know 
the movement being having a lot more media coverage because obviously like black black lives matter movement has been around for decades you know Mm -hmm. this isn't something new but people were a lot more alert and awake to it and media coverage was now starting to get pushed and social media coverage was now starting Mm -hmm. to get pushed because of what happened with george floyd Floyd, yeah you know um and obviously like there was a lot of negative and a lot of positive that had come out of it because you know models of color influencers of color bloggers of color artists whatever were starting to get recognition and you know like just like they were just starting to be seen more yeah which like took fucking long enough (laughs) (laughs) and it was one of those where it just it, it felt almost weird for like seeing numbers go up at least for myself and like i know for other peers who are in yeah. this because it was like where was all this before and then you know? it's like are we are we being tokenized now all of a sudden exactly exactly like, do you really want to support me or are you supporting me because it looks makes you look good exactly it's like you have See, to ask yourself the question because i will say there are a lot of people that I ended up unfollowing and or blocking at the beginning mm-hmm. of that time because that's oh, when yeah. you started seeing people's true colors and I was like oh yeah it really came out I was like interesting <laughs> so I went to high school with you okay Block. Block. goodbye <laughs> with a quickness you know definitely but it just puts so many more things into perspective and like even at the time like I remember just like being more aware of like my privilege being someone who is lighter skinned Mm -hmm. because like obviously you know regardless of you being in the entertainment industry you being in modeling industry or like whatever it is like people of color are always going to have a disadvantage as long as it's with entertainment or you're being seen doesn't really matter um but obviously there's also the very prominent uh levels of advantage depending on your shade (laughs) which you know colorism is a thing we're not gonna act like it isn't um i recognize the fact that i am always gonna have some sort of a slight advantage over my peers and friends who are darker skinned which Mm -hmm. is ridiculous but that's just the reality of it so it's just life, yeah. Yeah, or even even I feel like for darker skinned women in general, there's still levels of advantages and disadvantages because I literally had this conversation with one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to you, Tatsy, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but we literally had this conversation about, um, you know, darker skinned black women who will almost have a range of like advantages and disadvantages when it comes to opportunities depending on their features so true and I was just like yes like I didn't even think of it that way yes until she brought it up yeah and I've had like men tell me because your features don't look as African as West African right that's why that's why why I'm with you because you're darker skin but your features aren't like they're more European Mm mm-hmm like huh like, I don't even like using that term. Like, what do you mean? Like, there's, like, there's different kinds of Africans. And there's, like, for example, like, East African women, like, Somali women have, like, small, cute noses yeah. and stuff like that. And it 
it doesn't mean that phones, European cultures you know, are yeah, yeah. right? Literally, it just depends like, on where you are from in the continent, like exactly. And it doesn't matter if you have a big lips, small lips, whatever. Like, what is flat that nose, but nose? Like, who cares? Like, who cares? <laughs> Oh, no, but clearly beauty standards and men care a lot about that. And it's so like it's the same thing. Oh, my God. It Seriously, though, like it, it it is it is a thing and it's always been a thing. And it's such it's so sad that it's been like carried out for years and years and years now. And yeah. it just even if it's not um, my personal struggle or my personal fight, it just aggravates me so much to hear yeah. that, like, close friends of mine like hear this kind of shit all the time or have to think about this when they're like going for opportunities or whatever like this is in the back of their mind and I'm just like like I can't even put it into words like and sometimes you don't even realize when it's happening to you and then afterwards when you're like oh my god that was a microaggression or yeah you know you just realize that after you go to a casting or after a shoot or something and you're like oh my god those people were actually mean and nasty to me yeah no there's a lot of castings that I look back on now just in general 2020 put a lot of things into perspective for me mm-hmm. in terms of things that you know we've either heard that we witnessed or that we s- just experienced in general within modeling in the last few years and I was like and I remember I-, I think it was like a post that this girl made that I followed for years now she's half black half Filipino right and she had made a post that was like a thread of things that like you just shouldn't say to people who are mixed race whatsoever and one of the things was like you look really exotic oh my god i have heard that word (laughs) yes that's a big one that that one happens a lot i've heard that word if i had a dollar for every time someone told me this specifically professionals like industry professionals yeah i'd be rich by now (laughs) i didn't even think at the time that it was something that was like offensive or like sounded almost like tokenizing or fetishizing in a way and i was just like the whole time i'm over here thinking like oh i mean i guess like i guess it's a compliment i was just taking it as it is because in my mind that translated to like oh they think i'm pretty you know that's why i'm here but exotic what the fuck does that even mean (laughs) (laughs) like really though what do you mean by that like i i think like that's why it's so important especially in the modeling and fashion industry i think people should go through like unconscious bias training and edi training things like that to really know how to do their job Mm -hmm. because it affects these little comments can affect somebody for a lifetime Mm -hmm. right yeah they really can and like it's one thing to hear it from like a point of view of someone like myself who has more than one background but then to like have to hear other things that you've probably heard before mm-hmm. like we all know the infamous you're pretty for a black girl yeah oh my god that one was just it's just so even to this day you know it's common it's so common and it's like even if people aren't necessarily outright saying it you know when people are around you if they're thinking it too exactly like they, they're shocked like when they see you like oh like you know you're really pretty right like yeah i've been knowing <laughs> like what goes through your mind when you hear those like condescending like backhanded compliments like that um like in the modeling industry or well in like- the modeling industry and personal life in general like when you meet new people but we'll start uh, with modeling industry first in the modeling industry at first i didn't really realize how actually 
like offensive it is. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I did, and I was just like, oh, like I'm guess I'm pretty. Like I'll you know I accepted those compliments. Um, and then as I grew older, it was it, it was said in different ways, but yeah. I had like the confidence and the ability to be to tell people like on set or something like. I'm uncomfortable with what you just said, or you shouldn't talk like that with other, to other women, to other black mm-hmm. women, like, should not repeat things like that that you've said. So now I have like the power and the balls to like speak up. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I did it before. As you should. And then in my personal life, I mean, it's gone to the point where it's like, there's only so much you can do because people know these things and they yeah. shouldn't be ignorant in this, like in this day and age, you cannot be that ignorant, right? No, you really can't, especially with all the sources that you have, like, come on, there's there's literally Google. (laughs) So I just make it a habit to educate people and just call people out the moment they say something. Yeah. So that they know, and they can take it how they want. I'm not going to sit there and go and argue back and forth and waste my energy. Mm -hmm. But I will let people know, like, you shouldn't say this or you shouldn't do that. And they can take it as is. However they want it. Yeah. I yeah. need to take a page from your book because I am not as good as you <laughs> at like <laughs> confronting people about this kind of stuff. In my case or whatever, it's almost made a little less obvious. Like the lighter you are, it's less obvious if they're backhanded compliments or not, I feel like. Definitely. Which is like, it's almost weird to gauge because like, okay, did you say this because or am I just taking it a certain way? You mm-hmm. know, like I have to ask myself the question. Before I say something, tell you like, it's not even about race. Why would you make it about race? Exactly. And I'm like, (laughs) well, if I felt a type of way, you You know, know? yeah, to kind of touch on all that in general, because one of the main like topics that I did want to touch on and like discuss within this is um, just diversity and inclusion in general within the industry, where it was, Mm -hmm. where it is now and like where you I would see it going later on because what I want to know for sure is obviously like since we've both started in this um it's definitely different now when you and I go on certain sets or get booked for certain Mm -hmm. gigs than it was when we were like 15 16 17 you know in in a good way but I want to know, because I know that I've had these experiences and I'm sure you've had them too. Like, there's no possible way that you haven't. <laughs> but I want to know, like, just what was it like at the beginning? And how do you feel like it's been impacted in a positive way in terms of, like, just being on set and being casted for a gig or a project or a campaign, whatever it may be, where, like, maybe you're the only one who looks like you, whether it's casting wise or even production wise as well I would say like in the beginning it was really there was times where I was the only dark skin model on set right Mm -hmm. or they would do like the typical like oh let's get one white model one Asian one black model yeah we call that a diversity campaign yep (laughs) they love doing that one and honestly I did a couple jobs like that up until like 2018 I'm not even gonna lie Mm mm-hmm Obviously, there was times where people couldn't do my hair. Like, there was times where I would feel miserable compared to other models about, Mm. like, my makeup and my hair. I just didn't feel like I looked as good as them on set for the shoot that we were doing just because, like, the makeup artist didn't know how to do my makeup. The stylist didn't know how to do my hair. And then I just looked crazy and everybody else looked amazing. And, you know, luckily I'm good at my job, so it translates into pictures (laughs) pretty nicely. But it was a struggle, you know? And then I would say, like, now... 
I'm definitely being on sets that are more diverse and I'm mm-hmm. interacting with a wide range of women. I don't That's know if good. you've seen one of my most recent campaigns. It was a lingerie campaign. It was just like a wide selection of women. And like it was everyone crazy. Was so everyone was unique in their own way. Oh, and yeah. we're all meshed together. And just it was just cool. And the best part was everyone had different um body shapes. We yes. All that was the first thing I noticed. And I was like, first of all, I didn't like I didn't think Reitman's of all people would be the one to put out a campaign like that. Right. But then again, like, in general, if I look at their e-com, like they've always had different mm-hmm. shapes-ish. It was yeah. more so just they were at the time, like years ago, they were just lacking like diversity in terms of like ethnicity. Sure. But shape-wise, they had like they at had least a, a bit of a range, you know. Yeah. But for them to put out a campaign like this and like to cast the people they casted, like when yeah. I saw the photos, I was just like, so that made me really happy because oh. like, especially becoming like as I'm growing older like I don't have the same body that I had when I started out modeling at 16. We're gonna talk about I, that too after. Like, you know I'm you know I'm a little slim thick and I look good exactly. and I love eating food. I'm not giving it up for nobody. Absolutely. <laughs> you know so I was so happy to be part of a campaign like that and be able to be comfortable in lingerie in my mm-hmm. new body. I'm not you know, worry about what people have to think or, or like what the modeling industry has to say about it. Right. So I would say things have definitely made, uh, things have definitely improved, but obviously we have a long, long way to go. We have a really long way. Yeah. I can only hope that we keep going on this path and we keep calling out issues and hopefully like the modeling industry becomes this diverse utopia in the future. Although it will happen. I my like my literal goal is to because it's been a while since I've been on a set where I've been the subject of photography and not been the one behind the camera doing the styling because exactly. that's what my focus has been on for the last like two to three years now mm-hmm. um but I would love to just experience like more photo shoots in the future where I do happen to be in front of the camera and everyone behind that camera production and everyone even around if there's multiple people that are also going to be on camera like just we all kind of look different or look like I I can recognize myself in these people like just a set of all shapes all colors like exactly I worked on a set like that recently though it was a production thing though like I was on there for styling but I feel like it's it's a common it's a common occurrence in general at the studio that I have been working with or working mm-hmm. at. Shout out to Lens. Love you guys. Um, <laughs> have you been there before? Have I been there before? I feel like you must have. Maybe. It's possible. I, I know the name. And it, They're all the, the way before. like in the depths of d- d- nowhere Nepean. <laughs> yes. I think I did do a sh- uh, shoot there last a year ago because it was around my birthday. My birthday is coming up soon again. Yes. So, yeah. I forgot you're a Capricorn. Aquarius. Oh, Aquarius. Girl. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucked up. It's okay. It's okay. Twenty-five. Yeah. Oh my god. The big twenty. Fine. How you feeling? I, I feel normal. Like I'm. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little scared. It's twenty-five. You know. That's like but the quarter of I'm your life. Not, yeah. The only reason I'm not freaking out is because I have my shit together and you I really accomplished do. that I said I would by this age. Exactly. Praise the Lord. So I'm happy. I'm excited to be twenty-five. <laughs> I'm excited for you. But yeah, no, I, you definitely shot with them before i feel like yeah i feel like you would have had to because you've you've done you've done work with curbins before yeah yeah so i feel like you must have shot at the studio 
I think so. It's very possible. But yeah, like to tie back into that, (laughs) like that was those are those are the only really instances where I've worked on sets where majority, if not pretty much every single person on this set was a person of color. Mm -hmm. Like it was insane. I almost had to take a step back like at one point and be like, huh. And it was just insane, but it was refreshing to see. Definitely. Because it's like you don't. I didn't grasp in that moment, like, how much hidden talent this city has in terms of, like, production, models, you know, videographers, photographers, camera, like, lighting operators and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we don't know any of these people because they're just not, they're not as seen. But this, that exactly. space was giving them, like, so much of a platform. Very true. And, yeah, I just want to see more of that. And I want to see it from the per- the perspective of being the person in front of rather than behind of the camera definitely um and i'd love to see that more but yeah same here and then to tie back into the other topic that i did want to touch on because this is one that's like very near and dear to me and i'm sure hits close to home for you as well but obviously when people think of the modeling industry they think of uh misconceptions behind you know body dysmorphia you know eating disorders um crash diets Mm -hmm. (laughs) maintaining a certain weight to look good and you know stay working etc etc but what a lot of people fail to understand and this goes for agents as well and clients as well is that Mm -hmm. when you're casting someone or when you're wanting to have like a let's say like a longer relationship with one model in particular let's say i don't know it's for e-com or it's for like a beauty campaign or something that model will not look the same every year that you work with her most no. likely no, you know we, we're human we change and we grow we change all the time and girls have like we have second puberties that we go through <laughs> exactly we go through so much and i went through my second puberty like <laughs> i noticed and you look great <laughs> thank you <laughs> You really do. But like, yeah, I feel like it's just one of those. And also, I feel like for a lot of girls who get into modeling and you and I were perfect examples of that as well. When we started out, we were both like pretty much the same size. Yeah. <laughs> we we're both very tiny, size like two, whatever. Exactly. 34 hip. <laughs> yeah. Measurements. Oh, 34 hip oh. is, is what my nightmares are made up of. <laughs> that... Oh my god. Like I still can't believe to this day that that was my hip size once upon a time. Can you believe it? Like it's not it's not healthy. No, it's not. But at the same time, at the time for both of us because we were so young, that's just how we were built. It was normal. That's how our bodies were like, right? And I was convinced that we were both going to be the same size like forever. forever. How do these agents expect you to keep that same size Maintain all these it. years? I know girls who go to extreme measures to remain that size oh, well in their girl. 20s and it's just it's not healthy. It isn't healthy. It's one of those where it's just like I definitely fell victim to body dysmorphia in general and I still Same. get in those oh, moods like that like to this day, you know, it's obviously gotten a lot better with time cuz like you learn to grow and to love yourself whatever shape that you're going to end up being because it's just always going to change. It's going to change mm-hmm. in your late to early teens. You're going to look different in your 20s. You're going to look different when you have kids. Oh, yeah. Afterwards, like all the time, you know? But this is why I, yeah. I'll i always say that women are superheroes because like we go through and change physically so much, you know, and we still manage to 
just have our shit together all the time. Yeah. Like, we really go through a lot. And I think, like, yeah. I would just, when it comes to modeling and your body changing, you just have to reach the point, like, work your way up to the point where you just are comfortable with saying, I'm no. Like, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to lose weight because you want me to. Yeah. You know? And I in the beginning, when I first, like, gained weight, I I went through that where I was like, oh, my God, I have to get back down to the size. Mm-hmm. Or else my career could be at jeopardy and I was freaking out. Wasn't there a time where, like, I think when you first started that, like, you were just starting getting yourself into, like, fitness. But, like, I don't, I can't remember at the time if, like, you were doing it, like, just for yourself. If you were doing it, like, you know, to maintain where you were at or whatnot. But, yeah, talk about that. Like, how, how was that, like, at the beginning of your later, like, weight gain process, like, in your early 20s? Really? Like, when I like went through like my second puberty Mm -hmm. that really hit me at the beginning of the pandemic. I think that hit everybody. (laughs) It's it's funny because there's so many people that I know and that in my personal life or whatever, who have like, who gained like, you know, pandemic weight or whatever. For me, it was actually the opposite. I lost during the pandemic. Funny enough, because I had actually reached my heaviest point before the pandemic hit. Okay. And that was because of bad birth control and bad eating habits. (laughs) yeah guys do your research on your birth control before you take it it did me so dirty it's part of the reason why i gained this weight too Mm -hmm. right like when i when it happened and i was like avoiding i'm telling you i avoided going in to see the agency wow for like a year i'm not even joking i didn't didn't go there yeah i mean same here like i just until i had dropped it like i did not want to go see them because i was like i know i'm gonna i'm either gonna hear it yes or i'm gonna get looks and like side like backhanded comments (laughs) yeah no they I was told like "Mm, this is a little bit too much can you possibly get it down to this size or whatever and I was you know what at that point your whole self-esteem is broken down and I fought hard and I was like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna lose all this weight and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to that size I can do it I can do it I can do it I did everything under the sun and I was already getting into working out. Like I, I really do enjoy like being active and yeah. doing the f- different stuff, right? So I was already doing that, but I kind of turned it up a notch and I was just going hard like four days, five days a week. I wouldn't nonstop. I would just keep going. And then I decided to do my master's program. Mm-hmm. And that became my focus to the point where I was like, I don't, I don't care enough yeah. in my heart to do this for anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think... Probably this summer, this past summer is when I was like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm still going to be active and healthy for myself. Literally. I'm still going to work out for myself, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to work out to lose weight to fit into uh, stuff for a modeling job yeah, or, or a certain standard. Well, with me as I am, I'm still booking jobs. I literally have shoots coming up. I have a campaign next month. All Let them know. And I still have my... My face. Exactly. That's the big seller. That's what people don't. Positive attitude. Yeah. That's the worst part about all of it, though, is that like as soon as you go from like a size two to a four. Yeah, that's basically I'm literally jumped up size two to a four. I'm underweight for my age even. And your height probably, too. And my height. Exactly. So like I'm fighting to be the right size (laughs) even right now. It's one of those where it's just like, like, I don't think unless you're in it that people will actually grasp and get it but like for for models who are also listening because i'm sure like a lot of our peers are going to be listening to this episode you know people that we've worked with before that we we've been signed with for like a while now i'm sure all y'all can relate like as soon as there's a jump 
in one dress size, for some reason, clients, agencies, your own agents are going to look at you like (laughs) this was almost disrespectful for you to do. Or like... (laughs) And it's like how they look at you, like you're like something's wrong with you. Like I didn't become obese overnight. I just went up a dress size in the last few months. Like no, even a hip. If your hips go up one inch, it's a wrap. (laughs) It's a wrap. Literally, like I, I'm gonna talk about the story. I remember a time, and you were at this Christmas party with me. Okay, back in. 2017. So this mm-hmm. was the top of December. I remember that one. Yeah. You. I had just left for uh, Montreal for school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had left, I think I had done like some updated digitals back in August of 2017. Um, mm-hmm. At the time, I had gotten digitals taken. So obviously, from August to December, I mm-hmm. didn't think that physically I was going to change all that much. Yeah. But I did. I don't know if it was a combination of, you know, freshman 15 or freshman 12 in my case. um, (laughs) Or like just puberty hitting me a little later. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was just a a mix of both. Like I had always been convinced like that if I was going to hit like a point where I was going to get curves, it was going to be later in life. Right. But I had also just gotten to a point where I was comfortable with the fact that like I could easily be a size two for like a long time. Maybe the rest of my life until I have kids, which is fine. I had just started being comfortable with that. (laughs) So then when I had come back for the Christmas party, I had brought my best friend with me as my plus one because it was her birthday. I remember. Yes. And I had like a whole outfit specifically for this Christmas party. I was feeling good in it. And I was just starting to feel comfortable with the new weight that I had gained. It was weird for me to have to get used to, but I had gone from a, a size two to like a four close to a six but I wasn't quite a six yet Mm -hmm. so like maybe a four to a five whatever but more so probably a four Mm -hmm. I remember arriving to this Christmas party I didn't even think that I would like hear any commentary or like get any looks or whatever I was just there to like see people that I hadn't seen in a while yeah and just have fun just have fun talk whatever was the first invite that I had gotten to like the agency's party so I was like okay Let's go. Like, you know, we're going to have fun. I was like, I'm going to see old friends. I'm going to see Tima. I'm going to see Aaron. I'm going to see Alpha. Like, you know, the whole gang. (laughs) And at the time, we had a male booking agent who was working for us. (laughs) You know exactly who I'm talking about. Girl. (laughs) I'm dying. Oh, I show up to this Christmas party. Yes. You know, I'm having fun. I'm saying hi to people. I see my girl Tima. You know, we're kikiing. We're <laughs> we're having a great time. And I go to talk to you know our agents. So I'm talking to Megan. I'm talking to Sophie. I'm talking to everyone. You know. And then the individual in question who used to work with us. <laughs> um, I get to talking to him, and the first thing that he says. <sighs> when he looks at me like he gave me like his little like sly like up and down look like a scan you know it was almost like uh it was it was like his way of like seeing like i see you or like i notice yeah (laughs) he gave me like a little up and down and you know you know when like you can read like the tone of how someone's looking at you in your brain oh and it's one of those looks where it's like hmm Hmm, something's not right (laughs) something's not right 
And he looked at me and the first thing that comes out of his mouth is, well, first of all, he had said like, hi, how are you? Whatever. First thing that comes out of his mouth after that is, oh, you put on since the last time I saw you. Oh my goodness. How, how does someone have the audacity to, oh, I, I don't know what I would even do. Like, oh oh my God. No, that's so triggering. I literally went like speechless. I didn't know what to answer for like a few seconds. And then I answered back and I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, a bit. I have, you know, like I wasn't going to say no. It was, it was clear that I had jumped from a size two to like a size four and a bit, whatever. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I was like, there's no way that it's that obvious to the point where it has to be addressed. Because it's not like anybody else in that room was saying anything, mm-hmm. you know? So I was like, at that point, this is only at the beginning stage of me just starting to get comfortable with having put the weight on. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as soon as that comment came out, I was like, 10 steps have been taken back now. Because yeah. now I'm starting to feel happened. uncomfortable mm-hmm. about it. And then I was like, shit. I'm like, if he's noticed it and he's pointed it out, in my mind, I was like, now everyone working at the agency is going to have a problem everyone with it. knows. Yeah. <sighs> so then, and it makes me feel like yeah. shit, like absolute crap. And it I'm just did. not, I'm just not doing that no more. No, it did. And I tried not to let it get it to me throughout that whole Christmas party. And honestly, all of our friends, including you, were like a great distraction for that. And I don't even think I had mm-hmm. addressed it or even talked about it like throughout that party if i know i don't think you've ever mentioned if i mentioned it i think i might have mentioned it to like alpha like at the time but afterwards like i don't even think i really told anyone after i think i had told like maybe my mom like a few days later or whatever and she was just like "Hmm." like at first she liked him when he started working with us and then she was like he's on my hit list (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's just an awful thing to say like it's so horrible thing to say like oh for anyone listening right now like if you, I mean, if you've experienced this for yourself, I feel you, we feel you. And like, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that like this has happened to you. And I hope that you guys have like, you know, moved past it and not, you don't, you've learned to just not take this shit seriously or like take it to heart. Because honestly, this is something that I like stand by and will continue to stand by. No one ever should have an opinion about your body besides you exactly that is the only person who should be concerned is yourself yeah anyone else who's giving you backhanded compliments or like unnecessarily like unwarranted commentary they should not be concerned but yeah like it's just it's really none of anyone else's concern but your own and you know body dysmorphia is a real thing and it gets triggered by Mm -hmm. a lot of different things and for me that was my like beginning trigger that was the start of like that cycle that I had gone through and that I I feel like I still go through here and there because by that time I was a four I had jumped to a six about like six months to a year later and until I got signed with a Montreal agency I was like fuck like am I just never gonna get work again because I wasn't getting booked back home while I was in school exactly so I was really concerned and then finally funny enough the same booking agent who made the comment was the same booking agent who got me my Montreal agency. Oh, wow. How the turned have tabled. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it didn't, the math did not math at the time. No. Nope. But you know what? I'm grateful that there was some sort of redemption. Exactly. The irony, right? The, the fucking irony. I was like, <laughs> wow. It changed everything for me at that point because my agent now 
at that agency preferred that I was not a size two like I used to be. She was like, this is more relatable for the campaigns that, you know, we get and that we want to push people for. And she's like, I don't want to hire girls that I know for a fact are going through it or trying to fit a standard. I don't want to hire girls who visibly look ill and who are still progressing on that path. That's not okay. Mm -hmm. And it's not okay. Yeah, Yeah, we've been through a lot with this. (laughs) (laughs) It was, yeah, it was a journey and a half. But honestly, I'm so glad that you and I are both like so past it now and like I know and it's just it's so it's so refreshing to see us doing things that are like not that modeling wasn't important and stuff but things that are just bigger and better Mm -hmm. and just like it goes beyond the scope of just struggling with body image and you know putting up all this crap in the industry and like yeah it just feels good to know like there's other stuff out there and I don't have to be so dependent and we don't have to be so dependent on just being a model Mm -hmm. you know and just trying to make it through this industry. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, like, yes, it is. Um, this is people's career in life. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people need to understand that this is as much as it can be sustainable. It's not anything that's super long term. No, most you of have the time. to be honest with yourself. It just you really isn't long term. Right. As much as like it sucks, like it does have its uh, its time frame or like its timeline. And eventually we all stop at one point. Like yeah, I've, at one point honestly considered like quitting like completely <laughs> ah cold turkey I don't want to say cold turkey completely because I feel like every time that I had the thought to stop and that I was almost close to it another job came up and I was like okay well that always happens yeah <laughs> I'm like okay well I guess I can stick it out like a little yep. bit longer you know and the thought process that I would have of like quitting or whatever like it never had to do with the agents or our agency because again like they've been so supportive mm-hmm, they've definitely. been great I really genuinely love every single person who represents us and who works with us definitely um, but I think it was just more so a thing of like I think at the time when I started it fueled me a lot more and like it excited me a lot more and now mm-hmm. that I've stepped into you know the beginning of my styling career it just doesn't I don't get that same fuel. I don't have that same fire and that passion that I used to towards modeling than I do with styling now. Like now my excitement comes from making other people look good than me looking good on camera. Exactly. You know? I definitely hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just been a long time for me. Like, and I've really, truly enjoyed everything I've done. Mm -hmm. But I can honestly say that if my modeling career ended today I will be content with my life and I can move on I love that for you though yeah (laughs) yeah I feel like there's there comes a point where you feel like you know your time is kind of up yeah almost it's just it's just time to do something else yeah it's time to move on to something new you know I feel like you could probably still be at this for another like couple years you know I feel like you do I could probably do it until I don't know I'm 30 I don't know yeah True. Um, I feel like I keep at it for a while. Like I, I don't, I don't have a date set to quit or anything no, like that. No, and it, that's never how it, it works either. No, and if it fizzles out at some point, and it does, but for now, like I'm still doing jobs here and there. I accept jobs whenever I can. Obviously, I'm going through my master's, so that kind of limits what I can, can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. So, but as the jobs come along, I'll take them. But I'm not putting pressure on myself and going out of my way to put myself in positions that I'm gonna just are not going to make me feel good or, mm-hmm. you know, just 
I don't want to be stuck in this loop forever. <laughs> yeah. It's all about like your peace and your inner happiness before anything. And I feel like that's what a lot of people who are in this kind of lose track of after a while. It's like if it's not for you anymore, it just isn't. Like you can't keep and that goes with any job, but you can't keep doing something just to please others or to accommodate because like, you know, you're good at it and people are telling you that you're good at it. Like if it doesn't if it doesn't do something for your soul anymore, it's time, you know? It's time. Exactly. Um, I'm going to touch on a few, uh, just a couple more questions before we completely end off because we have been talking for a while. One of the questions that I did have for you uh, was, what do you feel like have been like your own little faux pas to tie back into the name of this podcast? Yeah. And sort of what do you feel like are things that you wish you knew when you got started and as you were going into this journey and into this industry, what are things that you wish, like knowing what you know now that you could have told your younger self back then before, you know, little Tima got involved in all of this? I would say one of the main things is nothing happens overnight. Mm -hmm. So not to build your hopes up and expectations to achieve something within a span of like, three months or something like you need to think long term in this industry you might wake up one day and do a job that's like you know not as extravagant and then the following day you just booked a campaign so everything is just about timing and patience in this industry and just to not tear yourself down if you don't book a job that you really wanted or that you thought you were going to get to just keep it moving because more opportunities will come up. So definitely just don't get your hopes up in this industry. Absolutely. <laughs> but obviously have the ambition and the motivation to do well, but do not ever set your expectations to be super high while you're working as a model. And I guess the other thing would be to just, just learn to love yourself in the process. Um, that's really important to have that confidence and to just remain true to who you are. Just like as I've like worked in different with different people in different campaigns, I've repeatedly booked jobs not because of the work that I've done on camera, but because I'm always nice to people on set. I've always kept up a positive attitude. I haven't gone in any fights or any issues with any agents, good photographers, <laughs> clients, nothing. I've kept it professional no matter what. And I, so I think it's really important to stay tr true to yourself and remain humble and find that a way to love yourself while you navigate throughout this mm -hmm. industry. That's really insightful. And it is very important for people mm -hmm. to take away from. So, yeah, you guys are you guys are hearing it from, you know, the, the <laughs> pioneer herself. <laughs> no, but for real, like you said, you I feel like you've been a blueprint for a lot of girls who have gotten into this later, you know? I hope so. I hope I really influence a lot of women in in Ottawa and beyond Ottawa and yeah. in, in the Canadian uh, fashion in, industry. Exactly. I mean, still to this day, like CMTC still uses your pictures as like reference when I they know, post I love it. Like, I really feel like the poster child. It's it's so cute though. Cause like every time that I see posts of either like you or like there've been a couple of me before, like people that we know, I'm like, I know it's Megan behind this account. So I'm just yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. She knows what she's doing. One question that I was curious to know about to kind of tie back into the whole fashion realm of things. So mm -hmm. me being somebody who has always had a love for styling, but is now really getting fully immersed into this as like hopefully a long term career. What has been your experience as a model from a model's perspective 
working with stylists on campaigns and shoots and like the differences that you feel like it makes when you work on a shoot where you there is no stylist whatsoever and when there is one available just how you feel like if it makes you more comfortable if there have been bad experiences with stylists which just didn't know what they were doing or like if it's been beneficial for you like I just want to know your thoughts on that um I feel like in the beginning I didn't understand the gravity of having a stylist on set I was mm-hmm. like if I'm shooting ecom I was like I can just put this clothes on myself like why yeah. do I need a stylist to make it look good yeah but then as you go through different shoots you realize it's like the little things that they do to put an outfit on you or help put together an ensemble it really brings the project to life like you really get to see art being created just like by clothing it's really incredible to see that come together and I've over the years as I've worked with different people and their different methods of styling and how they um and it's really cool to see how each stylist has their own unique um like their own unique style like you can see like you see a shoot you're like oh I know Yasmin style that or oh yeah I know Bodhi style that one you know what I mean yeah <laughs> how like there's that there's that something in it that they have like a gift and like it's really cool to see it translate on camera and being the model who wears it and really embracing it. Like, I love that. And it took me a while to understand why, why stylists are so important. And I'm so glad that, like, I can finally really see, like, how they bring everything for the project together. Mm-hmm. So it's been a great journey to work with different stylists and to see their creativity and whatnot. And it's even something that I was like, I want to try it one day just for fun. Like, just you one should. day on set like just to try it out and you just see how I we should like <laughs> I, I that that's kind of how I got started because I almost fell into this like well I mean I feel like Bernie and I both have similar like beginning stories to how we got involved with this but like we almost kind of fell into it by accident I did not think until maybe I don't know like I want to say 2017 more so 2018 that I really wanted to dive into this and fully get into it because in my mind at the time I was like oh well, modeling seems to be working out. So maybe that's my only implication in the fashion industry. But I always had, or I feel like I had an eye for style, an eye for, you know, putting myself together to a certain extent. Like, and that was starting to reflect through my Instagram a lot when I moved to Montreal. And I just remember most of my comments, like they had nothing to do with how I looked physically. They had to do with my outfit. So I was like, okay, maybe I can... (laughs) utilize this yeah take advantage of it yeah Yeah. and then I did and I used to want to be a designer when I was younger realized Mm -hmm. that that was not going to be a thing and that I don't have the patience (laughs) to be behind a sewing machine creating shit from scratch no I had that faith too and uh yeah but I couldn't be happier with like having the path to choose to take it and I couldn't be happier to work with models who are just so like easy to work with and so collaborative about it and so on board and like I think that's one thing that a lot of people might think actually bothers stylists when you work with models on shoots we are not bothered at all when you guys have an opinion to give about the outfit let alone like if you have preferences we actually want to hear and the ones who are more vocal and who actually want to collaborate on the look in itself it's so much more helpful for us and then the picture Mm -hmm. ends up coming out so much better because we know that you feel even better in the outfit you look good you feel good you feel good you look good like it it translates both ways it makes a huge difference and it just makes us so much happier after to be posting about it later because it's like yeah 
I did that. You know what I mean? Like that was a team effort, which is great. And I would honestly hope for us to work together. <laughs> yes. Can we make that happen soon? We have to make it. We happen. do. We definitely have to. I'm going to have to come up with a concept or maybe we Love can, if there's girl. something that you've always wanted to do in general, like shoot wise that you just never had the okay. opportunity to do, come at me with your ideas because okay. I'm so willing. <laughs> Stay tuned, guys. You're going to see really, really fire ass project. <laughs> Me and Tima coming to an Instagram feed near you. Near you. (laughs) Okay. So just to end it off on a last question, where do you think that, and this is always the corny question I like to end off with a lot of guests, but where do you think that you see yourself as a person, as a model, an individual, the boss woman that you are in the next like five years? What, what is life according for team are going to be like in five years for you um modeling wise let's start there Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm open to anything um i'm still open to doing work in canada and internationally as a model yeah yeah just you know just keep doing my thing with the modeling industry i'm not putting it up on a pedestal but i'm still open to doing different stuff Mm -hmm. career wise i'm so excited to just uh, wrap up my degree. Uh, once I get that MBA degree, I'm hoping to work in the beauty industry. Well, beauty slash tech industry. Ooh, a little okay. Um, I'm hoping I can explore the tech industry first and then beauty or vice versa. I don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm hoping I can do either one. And I'm really looking forward to working specifically in strategic marketing to really push for um, diverse of campaigns, mm-hmm. all that stuff, all that good stuff. Um, so I'm hoping to really be at a high level position, like an exact within hopefully in five years. I think I can, I can do that. I see myself. I think you could married. I see myself having kids okay. within the next five years. <laughs> I got a man, you know. I, I have to shout about exactly. Things. Exactly. And, yeah, it's gonna be my future husband. So I'm looking forward to starting a family. Um, with amazing! Him. I can't wait for the wedding invite. <laughs> Yes, it's gonna be good. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, like the future's looking bright. I'm excited and there's just there's so much to be done and I'm ready to get on it. I'm really looking forward to witnessing this growth and seeing this growth for yeah. you. I feel like you've accomplished so much at such a young age and you're a very determined and strong willed woman. Like, you know, like you said, you've accomplished a lot and everything that you wanted to accomplish by the time that you're 25. So I have no doubt in my Mm -hmm. mind that by the time that you reach 30, like, it'll be so much more in everything that you've had on your list since then. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see this journey and I'm proud of you so far. Thanks, girl. I appreciate it. I feel like such a proud mom, even though I'm younger than you. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I've seen the transition since the beginning. This is where she's at now. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I guess that wraps up this episode pretty much. Fatima, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Chanel, like the brand, mm-hmm. and then Tima, T-I-M-A. And that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping a low profile uh, lately. Like, I just haven't been uh, posting a lot of photos or content and stuff I like feel that. that. I'm just focusing on different, I have different priorities now. Social media is not one of them, Mm. but my Instagram, I try to interact with people and stuff on there. So I would say just, yeah, Instagram is probably the best place to send me a DM. I always check my messages. If anybody wants tips on modeling, anything, I'm more than happy to answer a DM. Amazing. But that's pretty much it for today's episode, guys. Fatima, thank you so much for agreeing to do this episode. 
Thank you guys so much for listening in on this episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and you can find us on all platforms at the Fashion Fopa Podcast. And find us individually at Yasisaya on Instagram. And Kim Bernie with two E's at the end on Instagram. Everything will be linked in the show notes below. Make sure to subscribe and give us a review. And we'll see you guys on the next one.